This podcast is an audio recording of a live event. It may reference visual material that cannot be represented in this recording. It may also contain strong language and adult themes. The opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ACME. Hey, good afternoon, Melbourne. Hello, guys. Um, I'm from Taiwan. I'm from the HTC Vive. My name is Mike Chi. I'm from the Vivex Accelerator. I'm the manager who runs this program. And uh, again, we're from HTC Vive. And today I'm here to talk about VR and HTC Vive and how the VR is going to um, reshape our life and perhaps my or your industry. So 1999, um, this particular film called The Matrix, I believe, most of you have seen this before. Um, um, this is one of my favorite movie, and I saw this. I, I was back in the middle school, I believe. Um, after I watched this movie, I was dreaming about becoming the one. Okay, be able to um, dodge the bullet, stop the bullet, and then to fight like a hero, um, to be the one that saved the world, maybe save my girlfriend or somebody from the school. So. <laughs> Um, I was dreaming about this, and 16 years later, today, 2016, uh, this actually came through. Uh, I work for HTC Vive, and our device actually allows me to get into the virtual reality and to experience how it is to feel like to be a hero. In the past few years, our company, HTC, has been working really hard and doing research, trying to come out with a really good device that allows end user, the audience, to be really immersive and to enter the virtual world. And the reason we're doing this is because we believe after the PC, after the internet boom, after the past 10 years mobile boom, the next generation, next platform will change people's life is VR. And HTC is ready for it. Therefore, we're introducing HTC Vive, which is so far the best virtual reality system commercialized in the world. So each set of HTC Vive comes with a uh, HMD, two controllers, and two base station uh, tracking system. Since we announced this device, we have won several awards throughout the world in 2015 and 2016 in uh, E3, NWC, and CES. So they proved that we are the best virtual reality system manufacturer in this world. But we're not only f for the hardware, we're actually here for the ecosystem and for the whole VR industry. The reason that makes us so great is our device is able to allow the user to be really immersive in a five times five room scale experience. But if you don't have that kind of luxury space in your home, we also allow you to do sitting experience. So you can sit in front of your computer and just relax, watch any film, doing any game, and without spending too much space um, uh, for, for, the, for the whole VR experience. For those who has never tried, I'm here to show you a video clip on how it is to be in the virtual reality world. Thank you. So amazing, it is. 
Quick question, quick survey. Has anybody has never tried a uh, VR experience before? Okay, okay, very rare of you. So I recommend you to do that because we have a demo downstairs powered by HTC and NVIDIA um, today at the ground floor and you must try it because whatever I'm talking about here and whatever you see here, it's just not even close to the real experience. So you, so you have to try, you have to experience to understand what we're talking about here in this room. Um, uh, furthermore, what you have seen in this video footage is mostly games. But what we're trying to deliver is the VR is not only for games. HTC Vive is much more than just gaming. For example, for retail and shopping. This is one of the pictures that um, BMW is using HTC Vive to create a retail system that can be replacing their showroom. So we all know that there's limited room in each retail store, in each showroom. It is almost impossible for the car manufacturers to place all different cars in different colors, in different models in one showroom. So what they do is they literally chop the car into half and then only leave the seats in there. They invite the customer to sit in the seat and then put on the HTC Vive. So boom, right there, you can actually see different uh, car interior, different color, different models. You can browse through any accessories you want. The beauty of this is you can actually build your customized car and then you can place an order. You can buy it right there if you have enough money. And next, HTC Vive and VR is there for education, for training. I'm going to give you a best example of one of the team that we're working with in Taiwan in our Vive X Accelerator. Um, it's called Augmented Intelligent. So people here, has anybody ever tried Chinese medicine uh, practice? It's called acupuncture. Oh, quite a lot. So um, it is not scary, as you see. <laughs> and uh, uh, let me describe what does it do. It's basically the therapist stick a needle through your skin, goes under your muscle, and go to a certain point and it's supposed to help you to release your pain. A lot of uh, professional athletes are actually using this method to, to, to cure their womb. Um, and we all know that to become a therapist, you have to practice. So how does a nurse pr practice the shot? They look at people do that, and then they stick the needle to themselves, and then they stick it to each other. So as a professional, uh, you really don't want somebody amateur to stick a needle through your skin because that hurts, and usually you're not going to get the first time right. So what happened is this team creates a body map that you can see through the skin, you can see through the muscle, and then it points out the correct point for you to stick your needle in there. If your needle is too uh, goes in too deep or goes in too quick, it will have the red alarm. So it allows you to practice and practice and practice before you stick a needle to somebody else. And this team is called the Augmented Intelligent. If you're interested in their technology, you can go up online or go up to the 5X um, uh, website to look for them. And next is the uh, design and creativity that you can you can do in virtual reality with HTC Vive. This is a picture an artist is actually creating artwork in a software, it's called the Tilt Brush. And we actually have a demonstration downstairs at the ground floor. Again, if you have never tried, please go see it. Also, a lot of companies and teams are creating a virtual space for communication, for social. You can actually log into the space with your avatar, and then you can not only talking, but actually interact. Most importantly for most of the people here, this is about your industry, we believe that the VR 
can actually change the way audience watching content and media. So may the force be with you. Okay, this is a great example of how a filmmaker uh, studio can actually use VR to promote their film and to produce a really good teaser or movie trailer to increase the interest of from the audience to watch your movie. And this is just starting. So, which means watching a movie is not just watching a movie anymore. It's actually bringing the audience into the movie and interact with your movie, with the people, with the story. Therefore, the storytelling and the production will also change due to the VR and VR technology. I would like to introduce this team. It's called the OPEC, OPEC Studios. Um, Emery, are you here? No, he left. So, so um, I'm very, very proud to say this is one of the best team we have ever seen on this planet, and it's from Melbourne. It's time for it to cheer, all right? It's from Melbourne, again, it's from Melbourne. We found them, and they're so great in, in terms of what they do. And right now, they're working with the Vivex together and with NVIDIA as well um, to produce the most cutting-edge technology um, for the film production. So here's a video clips of what they're doing here. I'm just going to point out. There are two Unreal Engine and Unreal Editor is running at the same time. The one in the left is actually uh, being monitored by a HTC Vive inside of the virtual reality space. And the one at the right, it's actually a working station uh, and it's operated by a art editor at the same time spontaneously. So the beauty of this whole system is you are able to log in from different places with multiple devices and multiple HMD headsets to be in the same environment and edit the object at the same time. So the only limitation is the bandwidth of your internet. If you are fast enough, you can have multiple people logging from Tokyo, from Taiwan, from the US, from San Francisco, from here into the same space, and then we can talk about the project, we can change something right away, we can immediately change the skin of this rock. And we can even add a single um, friend in there. We can make it quicker, we can move the animation, we can change the chair if you don't want it. So what happened is that our director is actually logging into here, and then they see the space, say, hey, I don't like this chair, move it right now. And one of the art art uh, editor will be moving from the system, and boom, right away, you can see everything changed. Also, it is allow you to uh, change the scene, change the lightning, change the color, of every single thing. Imagine this has to be communicated between the art director and the art editor. It will take days. So according to OPEC Media, they are able to reduce the production time into less than half. And this is not only cost, uh, not only cost efficiency, but also save your time and energy. So again, um, if you are very interested in their technology, you may go up to their internet and uh, their their website here, and it's uh, Vivex team and it's also powered by MSI and NVIDIA. So now you pretty much have an idea of what you can do with the HTC Vive, what you can do in the VR. And maybe you have a product ready. Maybe you have a film for people to see, but you have no distribution channel. And making revenue is very important for your sustainable business. So we're introducing the Vive port, where you can think of it as a application store, APP store for VR. You can basically put on your HND and then you can browse through the whole category. You can find movie, you can find games, you can find training sessions. You can do pretty much everything in here and find what you want. 
and you can pay for what you want to watch. And this money go directly go to the developers. So again, no more copies, no more illegal copies. And that is what we're trying to do here in HTC. So not only discovery, but also you can create your artwork and upload. You can connect to people, you can watch movies, and you can spend as much as you want shopping in this uh, platform. So now we pretty much have everything, right? You have the way to make money, you have the idea, uh, you have the tool to make your film. So what are we missing? Is it a go? Are we ready to do it? No, we're missing one thing. Somebody, no? We're missing something here. No, no. More practical. Yeah, we're missing money. So the funny part is every time when I talk about money, uh, the audience has different responses. When I was in Japan, I talked about, yeah, let's get some money. And then the audience went silent. And when I was in uh, talking to American, if the audience has American in there, I say money in there. Like, yeah, bring me some money. So it's very interesting to see different uh, reactions from different people, and that is culture. So everybody has money issue. Um, no matter you're rich or you're poor or you're broke, Donald Trump has money issue. His issue is he's got too much money. So we're here to introduce you uh, Vivex, which is a global accelerator program. It's a four-month program that can help you to enhance your artwork or your design or your production and can help you and your team to find the real money where the money is and to help you to engage uh, your work with the real market. So we have announced a hundred million US dollar fund and so far we have already funded 33 Vivex teams including the OPEC media and including uh, the acupuncture company I just talked about. So we also have a uh, venture capital alliance that's specifically focused on VR industry. Together, we're creating a 12 billion capital pool that's uh, ready to go into the VR industry worldwide. If you're interested in that, you can look into the VRVCA.com. So maybe one of you will have a company and maybe your trademark will be placed on one of our slides and you, maybe you will be the next superstar in the VR. So again, Vivex, our application for the 2017 um, batch is due on December the 1st. If you're interested in that, please come to me. I have a little flyer for you so you don't forget about the deadline. And here we go. Um, this is the first year and the new era for virtual reality. If you are ready, please come join us because I'm already in there. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Mike. That was incredibly inspiring, I think, for all of us. Um, I'd just like to now introduce Delia from NVIDIA to present on NVIDIA VR Works. So um, my name is Dahlia. I'm from NVIDIA. And basically, uh, I overlook the whole uh, VR ecosystem within New Zealand, Australia, as well as uh, Southeast uh, Asia and Taiwan. And basically, what NVIDIA is trying to do within this whole VR ecosystem is that we want to essentially help it grow, help it thrive, and help it prosper. Um, so Mike already asked, most of you guys have seen VR before. Um, of the people who have seen VR before, how many of you guys saw VR that was run by a cell phone, meaning something that was wireless, something with a phone in it? Can I show of hands? Oh, great. Many of you guys. How many of you guys have seen it that was run on a PC, meaning bulky headset, lots of wires? 
Okay, so we got people who have seen both of them, which is really great. From that cell phone experience, how many of you can say that you saw something that was completely revolutionary and saw something that looked like reality that was virtualized? Few? Okay. So for basically for me personally, um, I have a I've developed a fear of VR run on cell phones. And it's it's a healthy fear, essentially. Motion sickness caused by virtual reality is a very real and physical discomfort. Um, one bad experience and your user is going to run away and they're never going to want to try VR again. And that's something what a lot of um, these users don't actually understand because they think that VR is just one type. But really, there's ones that's run by cell phones and then there's ones that's run by PCs. So cardboard VR is the broader term for it. There is Samsung Gear VR. Um, it can also be in other types of things. Those made by Google Cardboard, for example, is also another type of cell phone VR. Um, even though it's easily accessible and it's wireless, it actually has a lot of problems with latency because it's running on the computational power of just a cell phone. Um, one, and then there's also a lack of immersion because you don't have any haptical feedback. You can't interact with any of the objects that you see virtually. Now, PC-based VR are graphics that are calculated real-time by the computer's GPU. However, traditional real-time rendering pipelines haven't been optimized to minimize latency while generating these high-fidelity graphics. So this goal actually requires us to change how we think about rendering, and we need to augment the traditional graphics libraries with toolkits and hardware that help developers hit these much higher targets. So lastly, that brings us to... NVIDIA-powered VR experiences augmented with NVIDIA VRWorks SDKs. Using this, we can raise the level of immersion by having haptics feedback. Um, we can model accurately for what you see, what you hear, and what you touch. Okay. So before we talk about the tech that NVIDIA has invested its resources in developing, let me just map out the challenges in simulating reality. Um, VR basically is a realistic simulation of the environment, so much so that your senses are fooled. But simulating reality is incredibly challenging. Um, it requires accurately modeling the senses. So what you see, the graphics, what you hear, the audio, uh, what you feel, basically touch interactions. And the environment has to behave in a physically accurate manner. Only when you can fool all these four senses can you really be in VR. But there's two main bars for simulating reality. The first one is deport performance. It's extremely high demand and performance. Um, on a traditional PC monitor or just any monitor, um, for example, here in 1920 by 1080, um, when it's running at 30 FPS, um, you're running that at about 60 megapixels per second. However, in VR, um, you need even better graphics on a higher fidelity frame rate. Um, you need at least 90 frames per second per eye. Otherwise, the user um, will notice, they'll, be, they'll see jittering in the image. And basically, the immersion level will break down and it might contribute to motion sickness as well. So doing so while running virtual reality at this higher resolution at 90 frames per second, the demand, performance demand here is almost eight times as much as that on a traditional PC monitor. And ultimately, it's going to get worse. If you go do take a look downstairs, or um, if you guys have already seen um, other PC-based headsets before, you'll see that the resolution isn't quite good enough because we're all very used to seeing 1K, 2K, 4K monitors now. But what you're seeing in there is actually not quite up to that bar. If you try to read text, if you look at thin lines, it doesn't look all that great. And the headset manufacturers, they know this. And eventually, 2K, 4K, these headset displays will come out. And when that happens, this performance 
performance demand here it will skyrocket even more. So the first bar is extremely high performance demands. The second one is ultra low latency. Even if performance wise, I reach the 90 FPS, but my head moves, but when my head moves, each frame that I see isn't the right one, it still won't work. Research has shown that the motion to photon latency should be at least um, 20 milliseconds or less. That's the only way you will feel not motion sick. However, the headset display requires 11 milliseconds to scan out that final frame that you'll see, and that's because it's running at 90 hertz. That means everything upstream from the initial head movement to the um, frame submission to the CPU to the rendering by the GPU, this all has to be done in less than 11 milliseconds. So that's extremely, extremely fast. And remember, we need to drive this speed at 90 FPS. So the problem, again, is the long pipeline that I've said. Traditional pipelines haven't been made to minimize this sort of latency. And so this brings us to how NVIDIA has created VR-specific SDKs for software and hardware pipelines to improve performance, reduce latency, and accelerate the pipeline. Now, um, if you didn't know already, VR displays are actually... Uh, very different than our normal displays. Um, they use something similar to your cell phone, uh, but it's placed very close to your eyes. And the only way that you can focus on something so close to your eyes without feeling cross-eyed is because there's an optics lens in front of it. However, um, this optic lens has a curved nature and that creates distortion. And to counteract this effect, the VR rendering has to add a final warp to the image um, that cancels out the distortion when it's viewed through this optics lens. But if you take a look at what happens during distortion pass, you'll find that the center of the image stays pretty much the same, but the edges are squashed down quite a bit. In some areas, in the corners especially, you'll see pixels that were rendered, but actually never actually make it onto that final display. So that's a lot of wasted work and it slows you down when you're doing your rendering. In NVIDIA's previous generation of Maxwell GPUs, the 900 series, we created a technology called multi-resolution shading. And this way, we scale down that image into multiple viewports. So here, a 3x3 grid of them. We can keep the center viewport the same size while scaling down the edges. This better approximates the warped image you see here on the right. Um, so that, that way, we basically render less pixels, render less, waste less. And with multi-resolution shading, we've seen some nice performance gains, at least a 50% performance increase on Unreal Engine 4. And it, but it's still a very coarse approximation for the lens warp and actually leaves a lot of performance on the table that we can further reduce. So that actually brings into lens match shading. In NVIDIA's latest uh, Pascal GPUs, we have a new simultaneous multi-projection engine and it allows for final, finer control of that pixel shading, where the pixel density can now vary linearly over a frame. And this is called, again, lens match shading. What happens is instead of splitting the frame into that 3x3 three three grid that was over here you saw Previously, we can actually now visualize the projection space, and we can render to a surface that very closely approximates the final lens corrected display output. If you look at it from a 2D perspective, the lens match image on the right um, is now what the GPU draws instead of the original image. All that black space surrounding the lens match image represents pixels that now don't need to be rendered. And the resolution gradient also more closely matches the lens as you go from the center to the periphery. So lens matte shading speeds up performance without having to sacrifice image quality. Well, while that helped with pixel shading, um, single pass stereo helps with geometry performance. 
So traditional writing techniques like those used for PC games, they only actually draw the front shell of the objects. So if you're looking at me through here in a PC game, you would only see my face. But if you ran really quickly around to my back, I would just be an empty shell. I would have no back of the head. That's why in PC, every time the viewpoint is moved, you have to redraw that geometry for that specific perspective. Now in VR, um, because of the nature of VR, this actually creates uh, something it creates a problem in the pipeline, essentially, because you have a left eye and a right eye. Traditional pipelines make you have to do two sets of geometry um, to render for each of those eyes. But, the, but however, um, with single pass stereo, what NVIDIA has done is because we know that your left eye and your right eye, this distance stays the same. It wouldn't suddenly go to 10 centimeters apart and it wouldn't suddenly drop to 2.5 centimeters. So we can actually, what we do with single pass stereo is we can make you make you create a greater amount of geometry than what you did from one single viewport. That way, from your left eye and your right eye perspective, you can reuse the same set of geometry. So that is what it means by um, actually doubling the amount of geometry you can put into a single frame, because now you're sharing the same set of geometry. So that one, in summary, was lens matte shading helps with pixel shading. Single pass stereo helps with multi-projection using only one set of geometry. And if you guys have been working with Unreal Engine or Unity, it's also great for news for you guys because VRWorks actually has already been implemented within these game engines. Um, in UE, it's already downloadable through GitHub. Um, if you need access, you can ask me. I can send you guys the links. In Unity, it's coming soon. So we talked about uh, VR, you have to simulate the senses. So that was all visual. Audio is also another um, very key thing for immersive VR experience. Today's state of art VR audio provides you with an accurate 3D direction of sound, so you can tell where the sound is coming from. But there's more to sound than just direction. Um, there's also how audio propagates, how it reflects in the surrounding environment. And today's VR audio doesn't account for this. So that's where NVIDIA VR Works Audio comes in. Um, as the sound waves radiate from the audio source, they actually bounce off of walls, they get occluded by objects. Um, and so we need to actually model for that in VR to make it actually very realistic. With NVIDIA's ray tracing engine, VRWorks audio can follow the path of each audio wave um, as it moves around the environment, following up to 16,000 different audio waves um, and up to 12 reflections each within that space. This calculation allows for amazing audio, uh, modeling wave propagation as it bounces and as it reflects off of objects, taking into account the decay over distance, different reflective and absorption factors of surfaces until it finally reaches that listener. Moving from visual to audio, um, realistically modeling touch interactions is also critical for delivering full presence in VR. Today's VR experiences deliver touch interactivity using haptics and using controllers and using positional tracking. But what you'll actually notice if you go to a lot of virtual reality games released these days is if I'm holding this controller in my hand and I see a virtual table in front of me, what happens is I can actually see my hand pass through that table and out and I won't feel anything at all. This actually really breaks down the sense of immersion because in real life, I can't actually put my hand through a table. So we need to add this sort of haptical feedback into VR so that when my hand virtually touches a virtual table, there I should get some sort of haptic feedback, be it vibrations, be it some other mechanism, so that I know that I've touched something. This actually adds a great level of immersion. 
And then lastly, there is um, how the environment behaves within VR. So NVIDIA has a very great and very strong Physics X engine. It's actually been used for a lot of PC games. And we can model um, things like water. We can model fire, model hair, model cloth destruction. Basically, all of these things, they're computated by the GPU so that it's actually not just a repetition of GIFs, if you will, just repeating. They're actually calculated based off of your interaction with that environment. So um, using these tools, our development team at NVIDIA created a VR Funhouse. And how, how many of you guys have seen this before, just out of curiosity? Have any of you guys seen it? Oh, okay, great. So not actually many of you guys. There's um, two demos running downstairs with it. And so... All right, so that was VR Funhouse, and hopefully you guys will have a chance to go check it out downstairs. There are two stations of that. Um, it's one of my personal favorites. My personal favorite is also the Squirt One one, just because you can squirt things and actually see the flows actually interact with each other. Um, and so also, as he mentioned, um, it is open source and it's on GitHub. And so if you guys are developers as well or just want something to kind of a roadmap to play with and see how other people built something, um, Vita VR Funhouse is something like a good go-to tool. And then you can actually play with it and then see what happens when you do that sort of changes. And um, just to also give you guys an idea... Um, NVIDIA actually has a very high market share. Um, of all the discrete GPUs that are out there in market, 85% are NVIDIA's. And because VR-ready PCs do need to be at a certain bar, 970 or above or 1060 and above, in that sort of market, um, if we're looking at VR-ready GPUs, uh, we actually own about, I would say, 99% of that market share. 100% maybe a little bit optimistic, but 99%. Meaning that if you said you had a VR-ready PC, invited me over to have a look, I can open it up. I have 99% chance it's ours. So we have a great market share. It's basically what the users have trusted from when they were just playing PC games. And so now it's mod uh, growing to VR market as well. We also have 200 million GeForce users. These are people who are our loyal um, user base. They also have the potential to come um, upgrade into VR-ready PCs. We have a 1,000 machines uh, that test content in labs that look for a driver stability. Um, they look at game settings to make sure that you guys are getting the best experience. And we also have 300 dev tech engineers, basically developers also of games or content. Um, and they can help basic developers integrate NVIDIA VRWorks SDKs into their applications if they there's any trouble or questions at all. And um, so we basically, NVIDIA is helping the whole VR ecosystem. In engines, um, we're working with Unity and Unreal, as I've mentioned. Uh, for platforms and stores, obviously, we have GeForce Experience. We have various drivers. We test the stability and reliability of all of them. For headsets, we work with various partners, for example, HTC Vive. And so we have actually put um, the hardware SDKs that I didn't talk about today into their headset. And so that content developers and users don't have to worry about that. It's all been taken care of from the headset end. Um, input and tracking, we talked about haptics, we talked about feedback, and capture and streaming. This, there we also have an upcoming VRWorks 360 video SDK, and that will actually help people be able to pull in raw data raw data from their cameras instead of the compressed ones that most people are using now. This will allow you guys to make a lot better content with better graphics. And 
So lastly, I just want to briefly mention Solfar Studios. Um, they made Everest VR, which is also on demo downstairs today at two stations. Um, they created kind of something what we like to call world-class content. It's almost cinematic if you look at it. Um, this is the sort of bar of virtual reality that NVIDIA is sort of striving for. This is what we would like the ecosystem to start building towards. Not just the childish ones that run on cell phones, not just the ones that are just enough to run, um, but the ones that actually transport you to a new environment, to a place where you might forget you're actually in this room. P places where there's so much interactivity, so much of this realistic simulation of the physics of your environment that you can actually feel like you're in a different place. So Solfar Studios is the one that we've worked with since 2014. And so we like to talk about them and their progress. And then hopefully you guys will have time to go downstairs and check it out for yourself. And yeah, so that's my presentation. Alright everyone, I'd like you to join me in thanking Delia and Mike for their wonderful presentation today. You have been listening to an Acme podcast. For more recordings, go to soundcloud.com slash acmeonline or the Acme website.